Just One More with Joanna and Daphne, a fitness and nutrition podcast for normal people who want to be more awesome. If you have trouble deciding between Just One More Cupcake and Just One More Kettlebell Swing, this is the podcast for you. I'm Joanna Shaw-Flam. I'm an actor, a comedian, and a normal person. And I'm Daphne Yang. I'm a certified personal trainer, certified nutrition counselor, and the creator of Hit It, New York's ultimate high-intensity interval training workout. Before we begin, remember to talk to your doctor or medical practitioner before starting any workout or nutrition plan. This week's episode and all of our episodes are brought to you by our patrons who are supporting us on Patreon. Become a patron for as little as a dollar a month by going to justonemorepodcast.com and clicking become a patron. This week, uh, we're talking, we're getting in deep, we're going to get philosophical, metaphysical, kind of spiritual, spiritual, Mm -hmm. all those things, uh, because we're going to talk about changing negative Mm self-talk. We're going to get new agey, maybe. We're going to get a little touchy-feely. Uh, <laughs> we're going there. We're going it's, there. It's a deep dive. Yeah. So uh, I wanted, I was thinking about this because um, I recently caught myself in some negative self-talk. And I was like, oh yeah, this is a huge thing that uh, affects a lot of us, affects uh, our like general well-being and how we're feeling about ourselves and our lives. And... Uh, is a thing that you and I have worked on a lot in a way that has been really effective for me. Um, so I wanted to talk about it on the show so that other people can also, um, at the very least, know that you're not the only one experiencing negative self-talk. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to um, give you some tools and strategies to um, work on changing your negative self-talk um, on your own or with a friend. Or with us, whatever you want. You can totally talk to us. Totally. Just DM us. Just talk to us positively. Oh, yes, We don't want negative (laughs) us talk. None of that. (laughs) Um, Well, so let's start by um, self-talk is a thing that you and I talk about all the time, so I feel like I know what it is, but will you define for our audience what you mean by Mm self-talk or negative self-talk? So negative self-talk and self-talk is, it's the conversations that we have with ourselves. So we, as humans, we are self-aware, we are self-conscious, and when I say these things, I actually mean something different than what we think self-conscious is. Right. I think self-conscious, I'm like, oh, I'm like insecure. Right. Mm -hmm. Whereas self-conscious just means like we are aware of our thoughts, we are aware of our patterns and our emotions. Self-aware means we are aware of things that we are feeling, ways that we are behaving, ways that our actions um, are affecting other people. Uh, some people have higher degrees of self-consciousness, and some people have different degrees of self-awareness. Uh, yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, as, as standing under some dude's armpit in the subway, I'm like, hello, yeah. be aware of yourself. <laughs> so, negative self-talk. Self-talk is the dialogue we have with ourselves in our minds. It's the things we say to affirm what we are. It's the things we say to ourselves. It's the opinions we have on ourselves. And it's the way we communicate with ourselves directly. And so that's what self-talk is. And my big sentence and statement is the way we talk to ourselves matters. The way we talk to ourselves really matters. Uh, When it comes to the clients that I've worked with and also my own personal experiences, Uh, something that I hear all the time is, gosh, like the things I say to myself, I would never say those to anyone else. The things I say to myself, the things I think about myself, I would never think that about anyone else. 
um, oftentimes we really exist in our own heads and in our own bodies and in our own minds and um, which is okay but sometimes the language we use with ourselves can be very very detrimental and in, in all facets of life so from body image to negative self-talk about our health negative self-talk about our worth negative self-talk about our success negative self-talk about our careers money um relationships relationships um abilities and there are so many things that we sometimes can think about ourselves or say to ourselves because we are our own harshest critics and that's just a survival mechanism actually it's a very caveman cave woman thing to be kind of like stressed and to always maybe think the worst because that's how a human species survived it was my almost like thinking the worst you know however nowadays in the world that we live in right now it's actually not critical it's actually not super critical for us to be thinking the worst all the time either a about ourselves or b the environment so there's a whole new line of study it's the positive psychology movement and it's reworking our psychology and applying different things to our mindsets so that we can get through this life really optimally and get through this life very happily and healthfully and having really positive language with ourselves um, and not always fearing the worst and not always thinking the worst about ourselves. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Negative self-talk is a thing. And I was trying to think of even, like, do I have positive self-talk? And I uh, I was trying to think about it, and I, I think... And I don't, I've only been inside my own head, so I don't know what everyone else's experience is. Mm-hmm. But my experience is just being a conscious person. I have a running monologue going with inside my head all the time that's mm-hmm. just, like, me uh, experiencing whatever I'm experiencing. And a lot of the time, it's neutral. Like, huh, it's cold today. Or, you know, hmm, uh, the issues are blue. Uh, that's interesting. That guy has a weird haircut. Like, you know, uh, I'm going on the train. Hmm, the train's not here. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, those are very um, neutral. Neutral. Yeah. Um, but uh, I was thinking of some of my negative self-talk classics, the the highlights of the genre, um, So, which uh, I bring up because they might be familiar to some of you. Um, so some of my uh, negative self-talk classics are like, uh you don't look good in that. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, you could never wear that. Mm. Like, uh, you're not, you're not as good at this. Uh, or like, um, m- mostly it's not, mostly it would be more like, oh, they're really good at this. Mm-hmm. You're not. Um, why did you even try this? You're just going to fail or you failed already. You should be embarrassed. You're not trying hard enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you tried harder, things would be better. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any favorite negative self-talk oh, classes? Oh, yeah, definitely. And also, the, these are things that I know you as a human. You never say that about anyone else. No. Well, like, I mean, there are people who I think should try harder, but yeah. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> yeah, like you would never you would never criticize anyone that much. Even if you felt it, you would never say it to them because you would never want to hurt them. Right. Um, and, and this is a very – and if, if someone does want to say these bad things to someone else – like maybe you're not supposed to listen to this podcast episode I don't know but um 
You Let's know, say you wouldn't want people, to say them to a friend. Yeah, the someone people, you love and care about. Yeah, the people we attract in our lives. You know, we 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 don't want to say these harsh things to them. And um, yeah, negative self talk for me has always actually been a really big thing. And I think what a lot of people don't realize is that one of the reasons why I I am so passionate about positive psychology and um, positive energy and affirmations and reworking my thinking is because those things totally like saved me totally saved me Uh, my negative self-talk started when I was really young and it started with body it was it was like you are way too fat to live like it was like that like it was really bad um and um it was just like you just like you don't deserve to be here and like you are too ugly and you're like you're fat and you just you don't you can't do this and you can't do that and you are just like an epic failure at life um so it's funny hearing you say yours i immediately <laughs> got like sympathy yeah sad face mm-hmm. saying mine i had none of that for myself <laughs> uh well it's interesting that you mentioned sympathy sad face because the first uh one of the first um ways to kind of combat self-talk is actually to nurture the inner child that is, is where it's coming from in the first place because mm. I'm 99.9% sure a lot of the self-talk that we have with ourselves as adults it stemmed from something that occurred mm. in our earlier years um, in the years that we were developing in the years that we were um, in school um, because that's when our stories and our reality started to get written either by us and for us by parents and family and school and ourselves. And what's going on in the culture too. I think a lot of the things that we say to ourselves are messages that we've perceived from the wider culture, whether in the case of body image, it's often media, right? Mm -hmm. Like I've received the message from advertising that I'm not enough and that I need to lose weight in order to become attractive or successful. And so then my messaging to myself starts to match the messaging I'm seeing in the world. Mm -hmm. So advertising preys on everyone's insecurities. Mm -hmm. But that's also, I think it can happen um, because of a trauma you've experienced. Totally. Um, It can happen because of, um, you know, either personal trauma or cultural trauma. Mm -hmm. I think um, there's, uh, you know, part of worrying because self-talk I think is related to worry Mm -hmm. or um because worry is essentially like planning for the worst yeah and self-talk I think can also be um it can feel like a version of planning for the worst totally um especially talk that's like defeatist like I'm not going to get that thing that I want I'm not going to get that raise I'm not going to book this job I'm Mm -hmm. you know I'm not gonna I'm never going to meet a partner it's protection because if I'm prepared it or it feels like protection yeah because it feels like protection yeah you just hit the nail yeah Yeah. because it feels like if I've already told myself that this good thing won't happen for me or can't happen for me or that this good thing I have will be taken from me, Mm -hmm. then when it inevitably happens, I'll be safe. Yeah, like I'll be more prepared for it. Yeah, I'll be more prepared. I'll be safe. It won't hurt me as much. And The irony of this, and sorry, I totally didn't mean to cut you off. Um, We'll go back to your, the, the irony of this is that when we do that, when we prepare for the worst and when we think the negative thoughts either about a situation or about ourselves what we actually don't realize is we're we're attracting it so this whole notion of 
this whole, um, and this is a bit of a side tangent, this whole notion of, oh, I don't want to get my hopes too high. Yeah. That's actually the polar opposite of how the universe works. Like, you're supposed to feel as if you have the thing you want, and that's how you get the thing you want. Like, that's actually a, a universal law. Like, it's the whole notion of, um, I'm going to... I'm going to, like, oh, I'm probably not going to get it. I'm probably not going to get this job or this role or this raise. Um, if you keep yourself on that, saying that over and over and over, you're affirming you're not going to get it. Mm-hmm. So, but sorry, what were you going to say? Well, I was going to say that in terms of the cultural thing, um, I think, so uh, I'm half Jewish, and I certainly don't want to speak for all Jews <laughs> because that would be ridiculous. <laughs> but a, a thing that I know ex- that I know exists in um, cultures because of um, knowing something about modern Jewish history is that um, if if you come from a tradition where someone in your family, you know, suffered really terribly mm-hmm. um, in war or um, you know genocide or whatever it was, um, there is I think a cultural sense of protection that um, says like you need to be prepared for the worst because the worst is real and it totally. can happen. Yeah. Um, and uh, the reason that I think it's important to talk about where these messages come from is um, obviously I'm not equating the Holocaust and advertising. That would be ridiculous. But I am saying that like we get these messages from somewhere. Sometimes they come from legitimate experiences that we can't dismiss as easily as saying like, well, advertising Advertising. is advertising, so whatever. Um, But um, what you were talking about in terms of like attracting positive things by thinking positively, I think um, often that gets talked about in terms of like the secret, like say Mm -hmm. it and it will happen to you. Mm -hmm. And to someone who is like a skeptical, maybe a little cynical, normal person, uh, I would say like, that's not, like, it's not magic. Like, it's not a magic word. But I think one thing that I get from what, the way you just described it is, if you think in terms of not getting your hopes up or preparing for the worst, um, it's not just that you are um, making it more likely that the worst will happen, but you aren't spending that time preparing yourself for getting the stuff you want. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, it's not that asking for things is magic and makes it happen, but it is true that you um, need to, uh, that putting yourself in a place where you are ready for opportunity um, means that when the opportunity comes, you're ready. If you don't practice for the big game, you're going to lose the big game, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And uh, did you like that sports metaphor? (laughs) I'm so sporty. Um, And and what I, one way that for me is easier to think about things like attraction and positive um, self-talk is I am I'm practicing, I'm getting stronger so that then when the actual thing happens, I'll be ready for it to go well. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of, if it goes well, I don't have any of the tools to to hold up my end of the bargain. Yeah. You know? Another thing, too, is that sometimes, sometimes humans think that the negative self-talk is productive. Totally. That we will become better at something if we beat ourselves up about that thing. So for me... Um, 
you know, all, a lot of the, the body positive psychology, I mean, that, that saved my life. Like I can fully, um, I can fully admit to the negative self-talk with body image and my weight and appearance in me, like basing so much of my self-worth on weight for so many years. Um, and just like the ultimate hell that is, uh, this is hell. Like it's totally prison. And I always talk about like, oh, well, like exercise, like it really saved me because it like taught me to love my body it, at the same time I had to do a lot of work like I dug really freaking deep and I had to rework my entire language with myself and I realized that by me hating my body how was that helping me at all like how was that helping me get healthier how was that helping me I don't know achieve any physical goals and how was that helping me just become a better human but I thought it was like productive I was like of oh course. if I hate myself so much I'll get thin yeah like if I hate myself so much I'll get this right yeah if I punish myself so much I'll freaking fix this mm-hmm. and I um for many years uh, for me it started around like age 10 really um or well no my negative self-talk started at three so even before I was really forming words I was already aware of like language I was using with myself about my like not enoughness about already feeling like I was um not the correct uh, look. I was already too big that young. And then teenage years, college years, early 20s, um, it, it kind of gets worse and worse until it bubbles and then and then recovery is not also linear. So there's that self-talk. So I always talk about that. So having telling yourself that in this moment, I, I love my body. It, it is the way it is as it should be in this moment right now. I don't know how it's going to look tomorrow. I don't know how it's going to look in six months, three months, three years. I don't know. But in this moment, I have to, I choose to be happy and comfortable and to love myself and not beat myself up right now and to not think like, oh, have I done enough today? Have I done this, that? Um, because how productive, it's not productive at all to, to say that. And then what happened for me was, it was interesting, it almost transferred into a different thing. It was like, it started off as, it started off in my body and then it, and then I kind of like healed and recovered from that. And then, oh my God, Joanna, it dove into negative self-talk about my professional abilities, like, whoa. Mm. Like, I was like, I am not... I do not have the education to be a business owner. I am, I'm like a freaking fraud in this. Like I am an imposter. Like everyone's going to know that I, I like, I'm just, I was just really overweight as a kid and I'm really, and like, I shouldn't be here. Like I'm not, I don't deserve to be a trainer and I don't, I didn't go to business school. So like, what the heck am I doing? How am I running a business? Um, oh my God, Daphne, like you can't do any of this. Who thinks that you could ever open up a studio? Who thinks that you can, like, you can't do this. You can't do that. It was like crazy. I was just literally beating myself up every single day. And it was when I started to work with my business coach who picked up on all of this. And she was like, oh, Daphne, you are literally giving yourself 8,000 limiting beliefs. And she was like, you wrote yourself a story. And she was like, you wrote yourself this whole story that you are this like overweight kid who will would never amount to anything. And now you are an adult and you 
didn't go to business school and you are just not worthy of being like a successful business owner. She was like, you created this story in your head. You created a story that just because you didn't go to business school, you can't own a business. And it was literally like pop, like a balloon popped and everything in my life changed from there. And in the past five years, it's been so great for me going down essentially the research rabbit hole on the human brain and psychology and mindset and learning about things like, um, and kind of almost like debunking laws of attraction um, because it's, it's, it's helped me so much like firsthand and making it more about shift, shifts in your overall energy and mindset, but then also like in your emotions. And then that's what kind of attracts more things versus just um, like speaking it or just like thinking it. Yeah. So when it comes to negative self-talk, it can be in so many different areas of, it can be in so many different areas for, it's so specific to every person, but I have like a lot of really great tactics on how to, on how to address them. Yeah. Yeah. I want to jump into that. What you were talking about made me think of, there's this um, comic called Heart and Brain. Um, and uh, there are like a million of them and some of them aren't that funny or don't hit me but some of them have like really hit home for me and basically it's this it's these two characters one is a, is a heart and one is a brain mm. and um, the heart is this like childlike joyful like you know fun uh, organ creature and the brain is rational and sciencey and not, not mean but is you know the adult in the room And I think of that heart character all the time because I think all of us, negative self-talk wouldn't happen if we didn't have big dreams, if we didn't want to, um, you know, make something of ourselves and change the world and connect with people and fall in love and all of those things. If we didn't want those things, we wouldn't have negative self-talk because we wouldn't care what we did. But we do care. We care so much. And I thinking of that joyful heart inside all of us that like it was inside you and was like I want to make a business I want to like I want to teach class to all these people and like change their lives um that part of us is there um and that is so vulnerable like if our heart was that actual character and was like jumping around outside of us with no skin and was like I want to do big things um you know we'd be afraid that someone would like stomp on that heart. Totally. And that's Vulnerability. What, yeah, yeah, it's so vulnerable. And negative self-talk is about trying to protect that vulnerable thing. Um, but that vulnerable thing is right. And so if we can find ways instead of protecting that vulnerable thing or hiding it away, if instead we can find ways to like strengthen it and like give it the tools it needs to like do its crazy dream, um, then, uh, then we're ready when, uh, our vulnerable little heart is like in, uh, you know, battle that it needs to win. Um, it's got like the, the strength to do it. This, this metaphor like went off the rails, but it's, a, but it's <laughs> such a clear metaphor. Like it's such a good one. Yeah. So and I think that's good to remember is that the reason we have negative self-talk is because we really care and want to do big things. And it's not because we're bad or we're weak or we're mm-hmm. stupid yeah. or any of those things. Um, it's because we care mm-hmm. and we want uh, something really uh, deep within us and we're afraid we're not going to get it. 
And uh, so changing negative self-talk is all about um, not just trying to nurture our little heart that's jumping around, but also trying to prepare it to get what it wants. Yeah, yeah. So it's ready when it does get what it wants. Mm -hmm. Um, Because we would all be so lucky to to get that. Yeah, because sometimes we get what we want and we're like, Oh, but it's scary to get what we want because mm-hmm. what if we screw it up? So we're just going to screw it up ahead of time mm-hmm. so that it's done. Yeah, definitely. And then that's sad. Yeah. Because it was the thing we really wanted. Mm-hmm. And that's actually one of the first, one of the first tools and, and tactics to, to almost like nurturing the self-talk instead of viewing it as um, something we have to like banish forever or, um, but viewing this self-talk as and, and nurturing it, and, and this is actually what a lot of people say about either like depression or um, to view it as a, as a small child. So, you know, when earlier when I said the things that I used to think about myself um, and you, you got so sympathetic and you got almost like teary-eyed because I think you were envisioning like, you know, a very, very young Daphne yeah. who was like really in a lot of pain. I know, and but you're so I, cute in my mind. <laughs> exactly. And so what we have to do is we, and that was what I had to do as well. I had to find out where the self-talk was coming from and I, I went back to when it started and I realized that it started at such a young age and I envisioned this negative self-talk. I found its source and so what I challenge everyone to do is try to explore and get curious about where the source is and wherever the source is, mentally and emotionally embrace it like you would a small child. So what I actually did for many years, and it gets me kind of like teary-eyed thinking about it, but I remember like so many moments of me I have visions of me as adult Daphne going back in time and giving little Daphne like little hugs and it's so amazing what that has that's healed me a lot it's healed me a a ton and um realizing that um and recognizing where that the negative self-talk stemmed from that and then also nurturing the the version of me of of when it started so embracing it like a small child so I think that's the first thing to do Mm -hmm. also the second thing is recognizing the patterns like recognizing oh well when is it that the self-talk comes in what is it about is it about body is it about work is it about money is it about relationships um what what types of words do you use do you use words like uh like I suck or I'm a failure um Uh, or like oh this is so hard or I'm not good at this or I'm not enough start to recognize your patterns because when you recognize your patterns and when you recognize these unpleasant thoughts and voices in your head you're actually a little bit better equipped to deal with them you Mm -hmm. can see maybe what triggers you yeah you know let's talk about some common triggers um if uh negative self-talk for you often comes up involving weight Mm -hmm. um a big trigger for me is knowing my weight. So mm-hmm. weighing myself is a trigger. Being weighed at the doctor for me is a trigger. Um, another trigger for me is, uh, and this is like, this is hard because it involves people I love, but like a trigger for me is seeing people I love who have lost a lot of weight mm-hmm. um, or have like had a big dramatic change. Um, I'm guessing that those are not unique to me. Um, In terms of, like, career stuff, um, getting, like, surprised by 
the success of someone I know who at one point we were at the same level. Like uh, I told you uh, a couple weeks ago, um, I found out that uh, a bunch of friends who I used to perform with were going to be singing at the Tonys. And I'm so happy for them. I'm legitimately really thrilled that that happened. And it like spiraled me out for the rest of the day because I immediately went to like, why isn't that me? Like why, you know, I should be up there if I'd made better choices, like blah, 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 you know. And some of those things you can change and some of them you can't. Like, I can't keep from finding out about my friends' successes. I want to know about their successes. Um, But I can decide not to weigh myself every day at home, you know? Um, What are some other triggers? I feel like um, for some people, Instagram is a real trigger. Mm -hmm. Social media Um, Social media in general. Nowadays, yeah. Um, You see other people and it seems like everything is great for them all the time. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and, and sometimes our negative self-talk um, comes up when we feel very insecure about something. And then that's when I challenge people to get curious about the insecurity and where that comes from. And um, self-talk can also be, or negative self-talk can also be triggered by um, by family members sometimes. Sure. And sometimes by the, sometimes by the people who are close to us. Uh, when it comes to negative self-talk, all these, uh, and then there are the ones that we almost deem as harmless. So the examples I like to use are, uh, like, oh, I messed this thing up. I'm such an idiot. Or, oh, yeah. um, oh, oh my gosh, I can't eat this because it goes straight to my hips. Yeah. Or, um, oh, I will never do that because I, like, that is just so not me. Yeah. Uh, or ugh, I didn't go to school for that. Like I like I do this a lot with singing. That's like my thing. I'll be yeah. like, oh, I'm just not a singer. Um, but you know, now I realize that I just affirmed that for so long because I felt like I was really not a good singer. And so I was like, well, I'll just affirm it, and I, I would joke about it. But then the more you joke about it, so all these things like from I'm I'm so not a good singer, and. Um, Oh, I'm like, like I said, if someone messes something up, I'm, I'm such an, an indoor idiot. person. Yeah, I'm an indoor person. I'm an indoor cat. Yeah. Um, oh, I. Uh, that's just not my thing. These are all affirmations, and these are all negative affirmations because what that is, and, and so one of the things that I have been saying lately, which I find is a joke, but I realize it's actually kind of debilitating, is me being like, with my husband, being like, I'm a terrible golfer. Well, if I keep affirming I'm a terrible golfer, right. I'm going to stay a terrible golfer. So in addition to addressing self-talk, negative self-talk, by nurturing it like a child and not punishing yourself for having, or just not punishing yourself, and then of course replacing the self-talk with some, some positive talk and focusing on like the positives. We'll get some more into tactics later. But I also thought that this was a good um, time to address that in addition to self-talk, the language we use with ourselves is also very important. So these are seemingly very innocuous things, very sometimes comical, um, very uh, lighthearted. However, this the 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 joking like oh, oh my god I suck at this oh I'm such an idiot oh if I eat this it goes straight to my hips um, oh I'm just not a singer oh that's so not me I'm an indoor person I we are affirming that so just by saying it out loud or thinking it we are affirming it 
And if we don't want that to be the case, like if I actually do want to get good at golf and deep down on the inside, maybe I do. I don't know if I do. I have to get curious about that. (laughs) But um, uh, if I continue to affirm that I I suck at golf, I'm always going to suck at golf. I'm never going to break past that. If I always affirm everything I eat is going to go straight to my hips, um, then it's then that's going to be the case for the rest of my life. If I affirm, oh, losing weight is is such a struggle, then yes, for someone who is trying to make fitness gains, yes, losing weight is going to be such a struggle. If you say, oh, golf is really fun, or oh, you know, whatever, weight loss is easy, or like, oh, uh, you know, like, you know, I'm I'm actually brilliant at this project. The way we speak to ourselves matters. And I'm going to say this again. The way we speak to ourselves matters. And the language we use with ourselves matters. And we have to be very careful with the language we use. A lot of the things that you just said, um, the those sort of like negative affirmations, um, what I hear in them is like with the golf one. We say like, I'm just not good at golf. What I hear, hearing you say it is, I'm afraid I might not be good at golf. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm, you know, I'm afraid that I'm stupid. I'm afraid that I am not uh, supposed to be here. I'm afraid that I might be an imposter. And the reason I think that that is important is because it again points out that there's something here that we care about. Um, We don't tend to say those things about things that don't matter to us. Um, and we also don't tend to say them about things that are decided. Um, like I don't go around being like, I'm just, I'm just so short. Like, yeah, Yeah. I am short, but I don't care that I'm short. And also like that is decided. Mm -hmm. So like, I don't worry about it, but I do worry about, am I really good enough at singing to do it in public? Mm -hmm. So if I say something about, um, you know, well, you know, I'm just not a very, I just don't have a strong voice. Um, you know, I'm saying that because I'm afraid someone else is going to hear it or is going to realize it. And the way that I can defend against that is be like, I already knew. Like, you can't hurt me. I already knew. It's like um, on the playground where one kid will make fun of himself first before anyone yeah. else can. Um, Which, to be fair, will... is a great strategy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah totally. <laughs> and, and I told it's um, self-protection. Yeah. It's psychology. It's... Um, uh, people always talk about like like the big kid on the playground. He'll he'll make fun of himself first before everyone else does, and that's yeah. how he becomes the most popular kid in school, right? Mm-hmm. Um, defense mechanisms. And um, so with this self talk, it's pointing it out before other people find out. It's like, don't you worry, I'm aware. Yeah, I'm aware. I'm not good at this, and I'm going to make fun of myself before you can judge me. Um, using the golf example is such a lighthearted example and singing and, and it can go way deeper for many other people but I think these are good examples and, and you know I, I challenge everyone at home to get curious about some things where you find yourself drawing attention to the negative aspect of yourself first out of protection so that other people can't think it first yeah yeah and, the, and like essentially drawing attention to it um right away to as a form of protection self-preservation and I totally totally know all about that um sometimes we apologize for things like our bodies and our skill sets with even before you know we've we've done them another thing too is a lot of our negative self-talk 
it comes from stories that we have written for ourselves due to our entire past. So a lot of our negative self-talk comes from society, from school, and from our families, and then it turns into our negative self-talk for ourselves. So then these, these, we create a story in our heads, but really, like, we're just here in the present moment. We actually can decide how our stories or how our past events have affected us, and then we can actually make a choice if we don't want them to affect us anymore. For some people, um, and for some certain instances, for some certain events, clearing a past event can be very easy. It can be very easy as just saying, oh, this this happened to me when I was 10, I'm gonna forget. It happened in the past, I'm moving on from it. Um, you know, okay, someone said I was overweight when I was 10, I'm over it. Okay. For me, it wasn't that easy. For me, it involved quite a bit of, of inner work to kind of heal the pain and the trauma from um, all those years. So, but the thing is, I was able to rewrite my story. I was able to rewrite my story and and um, calm down the, the negative self-talk, but I realized that it all came from past experiences. So this is a big thing in this like world of, of, of negative self-talk psychology is that oftentimes it comes from past experiences. Um, perhaps a negative experience, if we're still, um, and these are just good examples, uh, and once again, we acknowledge that negative self-talk goes across the board in terms of topics, but just a, an easy example, you know, by the time I was more developed as a human, when I was finally in my mid-20s and I had a negative audition experience, that was so easy to clear because I was 25 already by that point, and I was just like, ah, I'm over it. And it didn't, it didn't hurt me the way things hurt me when I was still in my formative years. So the stories that we've written for ourselves and these entire, um, uh, we don't necessarily have to be an entire product of our past. And that's something that I have really learned. And so when it comes to um, negative self-talk, if it comes from experiences involving childhood, involving family, involving school, involving societal things that happened, know that it's possible to rewrite your story and that you don't have to, you don't have to still harbor onto these negative things that you might be thinking just because they were implanted there uh, for so many years because of your past. Ultimately, all that exists right now is like the present moment. Right? Like the future doesn't exist, the, the, the past doesn't exist, and oftentimes our memories of the past are pretty skewed to begin with. Um, so the chances are negative self-talk is focused around things that have happened in the past and things that we're worried about that are going to happen in the future and have very little to do with actually what's happening in like the present moment. Like in this present moment, chances are you are okay. So another thing too is I... You know, I talk about presence a lot, just like being really present, which has helped me tremendously. Um, an example, like even going to bed at night, I used to constantly be thinking about my schedule for the next day. That's not being present, and that's what kept me up at night. And now I'm present at night, and I think, mm, I'm here now. There's nothing I can do about anything, and I close my eyes, and I fall asleep. That's an example. But the more we can become totally focused on what's going on around us, like here in this present moment, the more that these powerful negative self-talk things, their power goes away. Their power goes away when we realize that chances are they were a product of 
something from the past or it's us either worrying about something or the, the negative self-talk is coming from a worry from the future. So that's when I recommend to a lot of my clients to just give your mind a break. Give yourself a mental break. And what does that mean for you? It could be different for anyone. It could be getting out of the environment you're in. So if you're indoors, get outdoors. If you're outdoors, get indoors. I don't know. You know, maybe like if you're having negative self-talk because you're in like sub-zero weather outside. Like for me, it's like all about getting indoors in the winter, right? Um, meditation is phenomenal. And uh, changing your emotional, uh, changing your environment and circumstances in that present moment. It's amazing how even changing your environment can help get to get you out of the self-talk loop. And um, uh, another strategy is to nurture yourself and replace the self-talk, the negative self-talk with forgiving talk and also um, nurturing things and telling and focusing on the positive aspects of your worth and the positive aspects of things that you have going on in your life. It is really, truly incredible what just having a quick shift in either gratitude or positive self-talk, it actually, there is a whole chemical reaction that happens in the body. Meditation is also really powerful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, one tactic I have used if I, like, in my head am churning on some negative self-talk, um, I will try to out loud say something that counteracts that self-talk. Um, so, like, if the negative self-talk is saying, like, I'm fat, I'm fat, I'm fat, I'm fat, my body is worthless, then I will say out loud, like, my body is healthy and strong, here's what I, here's what it can do, um, I'm glad it can do those things. Mm -hmm. And um, it, I realize that I am maybe more willing than other people to, like, talk out loud to myself about my body, <laughs> but you're alone, who cares? If it's, the worst thing that happens is it's, is you feel stupid, um, and uh, you know what, you'll survive that. So uh, try that. Um, something about going from inside my head to outside and like verbalizing it um, helps sort of stop that, that churn of ideas. It's really amazing how sometimes when we challenge ourselves by doing something that might feel silly or uncomfortable, um, I think for what my suggestion is to our listeners and what I do say to my clients is, um, to get curious and to be open because if it's something that could potentially help you live a better quality of life why why reject it right so even um saying affirmations just like okay i freaking rock i'm actually a really cool person um i'm just a really like magnetic radiant person with positive energy and and like and i inspire a lot of people like just say that out loud to yourself or be like, I am a badass when it comes to X, Y, Z. Or like, I'm a really awesome sister. I'm a really awesome mom. I don't know. But just focus on the positives. And it's like exercise. If you have things happening in your life, exercise doesn't directly fix those things. Okay? Exercise isn't going to get rid of a boss who might be not nice to you. Exercise isn't going to get rid of a relationship that might be toxic. But the thing with exercise is exercise helps you better handle those situations. And it's the same thing with positive self-talk. Positive self-talk also has a physical and chemical reaction in your body. 
And if it feels silly at first, I, I challenge you to get curious with, um, if it feels silly, I challenge you to just trust in, trust in some of the physiological changes that are happening. By having positive self-talk, it might not fix the actual issues at hand. Maybe it won't, maybe it won't make the boss go away who has made you feel bad about yourself and maybe that's what's triggering the negative self-talk. Um, maybe the positive self-talk, it's not making the doctors go away who, you know, weigh us every time we go in for primary care physician, like our, our annual physicals. Um, but it helps us handle those situations so they don't cut us so deep. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's how it works. And then the last thing I do have to say in terms of how to really clear negative self-talk, but like for real, for real, is a technique called emotional freedom technique. It's called EFT and it's tapping. So, and I briefly, briefly told you about this and this is something that I've been doing pretty much since March and I've gone down the rabbit hole with this. I've learned everyone does this. Everyone does emotional freedom technique tapping from like celebrities. It was a whole world I didn't even know. Mm. Like the, the most, you know, high performing thought leaders. I'm talking like the Tim Ferrises of the world. Like just all those people who are in this field of personal development. This field of uh, personal growth and personal development is everything. And we can, and it's so important because it just makes us happier. It just gives you a better quality of life. Emotional freedom technique is when you think about something that is causing you a lot of stress or anxiety. It could be the self-talk, it could be pain in your body, and you tap on certain pressure points while you are saying out loud certain um, ends of meridian points on your body. So it's like the palm of your hand, your parts of your face, your chest, the top of your head. Um, And then we can link to how to tap in this. But when it comes to negative self-talk, I would say in the past like six months, this emotional freedom technique, it can do in about four minutes what 10 years of therapy can do. Because what it does is you tap on pressure points while you're thinking about either a trauma or the negative self-talk or the anxiety or the, the words that you're using to beat yourself up with. But you tap on these pressure points and what it does is it calms down your amygdala And the amygdala is a little almond-sized part of your brain, and it is your body's stress response. So when you're thinking negative thoughts or when you're anxious, it's like firing, firing, firing. So all of a sudden now you're thinking these negative thoughts, and you're talking about these anxieties, and you're talking, you're saying these negative thoughts out loud, but your amygdala is all of a sudden calming down. So after about five minutes of tapping, all of a sudden the amygdala is not firing when you are thinking about the stressor and it's not firing when you are doing the negative self-talk and you've, you can clear it. Like you can clear it once and for all. And it's the most, the, one of the most healing, healing things. So we can totally include, um, and this is, it's, um, you know, no, I'm not even going to affirm this. Like I was about to say like, oh yeah. And it's like really deep stuff, but it's, it's, um, it's so easy. It's easier than meditation in my, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. And, um, and the results and what it can do to heal negative self-talk and to clear whatever negative energy and negative thoughts, it's indescribable. So in, in terms of just like kind of listing off the things that um, from a positive psychology standpoint and also just a you know personal growth, personal development standpoint, when it comes to negative self-talk, 
you always have to 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 validate and acknowledge the emotion to let yourself feel it give yourself some time to feel it and then nurture it nurture it be kind to your inner child be kind to where this negative self-talk is coming from and give them a virtual hug yeah. and give them like a hug from you know non-linear time you know something um, else we haven't mentioned yet but that i think is important to say is um a therapist can be really oh helpful. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I can't even Super stress helpful. how amazing that is to to get things out of your body, to get these thoughts out of your head. It's amazing how um, in this day and age we, and then also just a quick tangent on, on that, like we as a human species, we are meant to be a part of communities. Humans started off as caveman, cavewoman, and all their cave people living in one cave. And then all of a sudden we had tribes. You had a tribe. You had your posse. And then we had villages. You were... And then we had castles where everyone just, like, stayed in the same castle. Like, we are not meant to be isolated creatures in which, is, in which we all just work from home and, like, sit behind a laptop all freaking day long. That is not what the human body and the human brain was designed to do. The human brain was never equipped to handle this. And the human brain was also never equipped to handle food choices, to be honest with you. That's why we struggle. The human brain was just designed to just eat whatever I could when I could, Mm -hmm. right? The human brain is also designed to be surrounded by humans all the time, whether you're an extrovert or an introvert. Um, Community is still for introverts as well. And um, so, you know, talking about that, talking about things that you're going through, and talking with someone, a friend, a therapist, um, a significant other, anyone, and all of a sudden, it's just like when you exercise, you physicalize stress and you get it out of your body. It is incredible how when you talk about things, they lose their power over you. Mm-hmm. Like for so many years, I didn't talk about like the pain I was going through. And now I can literally be like, oh yeah, like this happened to me when I was eight, nine, ten, And it doesn't affect me anymore because I've cleared it. And it's amazing. And and I look back on those years with so much like fondness and love and respect um, because, you know, it got me to where I am today. But it's so amazing how just talking through it, it loses its power. It loses its grip over you and you release it out into the air. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, having a therapist because we're not meant to just be sitting indoors all the time or stuck in office cubicles where we don't interact with humans. We're actually meant to meant to voice these things. Yeah. I'll include a link in the show notes about finding um, a therapist that works with your insurance and all that good stuff. Um, something else I wanted to mention is um, there was a cool episode of Radiolab that talked about um, a VR experience um, where um, basically the idea was that you were in like a VR headset and you were supposed to... Um, in the, in the virtual reality world, you saw um, Sigmund Freud sitting behind a desk, and you were supposed to say something that was um, stressful to you or hurting you, something that was bothering you. And then the way the VR program works is it switches it so you all of a sudden um, go into the body of Sigmund Freud and are seeing a version of yourself in the virtual reality world Whoa. and then they have that version of yourself say in your voice the thing you just said and then you reply back to yourself as Freud um, I'll link to the episode because it was super interesting um, but I think it goes into a lot of what we were saying both about how like speaking about what you're feeling helps you to work through it yeah but also um there's something about hearing it like from someone else instead of saying it to yourself 
And uh, that's one thing that um, having a therapist or a friend or any of those things helps you do is it helps you hear it from another perspective mm-hmm. um, and hear it almost as if it's coming from someone you care about mm-hmm. who isn't you instead yeah. of yourself, who should also be a person you care about, but it's sometimes hard to do. Yeah, totally. Um, so I'll link to that episode. It was super fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, that's so, that's really, yeah. And also knowing that it that is so interesting too because it makes it it makes you realize even in this like cool VR experience there is so much power in knowing like other people are going through a similar experience mm-hmm. um and then and then these things almost lose their power in a good way right like they lose their power over you so this whole Sigmund Freud thing is all about getting it out listening to it and all of a sudden it's not it's, it's like it's not as painful it doesn't like harbor as much negativity within mm-hmm. you another thing too is to just start to be aware for all of our listeners that negative self-talk is not productive negative self-talk is not productive um, and positive self-talk is productive you know positive self-talk is productive in the sense that it actually creates like serotonin and dopamine and positive uh, chemicals and it, it neurotransmitters firing off in the brain it's better for our hormones and um, just replacing uh, replacing negative self-talk with just like three affirmations of things that are really either great about you or great in your life um, it can cut it and then changing your environment so getting yourself uh, so say the positive self or the negative self-talk is happening while you're on your couch or while you're in your apartment or while you're on your computer, get out of your apartment, get out of your house, go for a walk, get outdoors. Or if it's, um, if you're on your laptop, close your laptop, um, go do something else, read a book. And then here's something that has been really helpful for me too: journaling, just writing, just writing, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it can be how you're feeling or you can start to just write things like, I'm okay. I am whole. I am perfect the way I am right now. And everything's going to be okay. You know, like just write whatever is speaking to you in the moment. But that's also been really, really um, therapeutic for me. And um, moving your body is always really great to release serotonin and dopamine in your brain. Doing any type of movement, whatever movement feels the best for you. And then, um, yeah, and I totally encourage people to look into some emotional freedom technique. In fact, Joanna, I'll send you all the podcasts I've been listening to, um, like cool. Dave Asprey, uh, like Jack Canfield, everyone. They're, they're, all, they're all talking about it, and they all do it. Gabrielle Bernstein, who's uh, very big in the world of... Um, who's very big in the world of psychology and personal growth, personal development, and also just like kind of being a little bit more spiritual, not in a religious sense, but just kind of connecting with the universe or who, whatever you want to call it. And, um, I think that uh, for me, like those are things that have really helped me. And the beauty of it is upon oftentimes we dive into areas of research in which we ourselves are struggling with something. And um, so you actually often meet a lot of personal trainers who struggled with body stuff. Mm-hmm. And this is our way of almost like paying it forward. Totally. And um, Super true of dietitians also. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Um, oftentimes you meet like the most incredible like eating disorder specialists and they themselves 
you know, were uh, suffered from it. And, um, and it's a beautiful silver lining to it because you do realize that truly everything does happen for a reason. And sometimes you find your life's greatest purpose out of something that happened to you. Mm-hmm. But in going down this world of positive uh, self-talk and really learning that my language matters in all this like research I've done it's been so and like the training I've done in this like coaching world it's been really cool applying it to myself Mm -hmm. so you know for you listeners at home like I hope everyone has a really awesome has some really like tactical tangible things to do when that comes up and or when negative self-talk does come up Mm -hmm. because being free of it is really fun and then when it comes up it's okay yeah and then when it does come up um now it's like here are all these tools and techniques and tactics to just make yourself feel happier yeah and that's an important thing to say too is that you know uh, changing negative self-talk isn't a straight line. It's like a crazy yeah. curvy line and sometimes it goes back and then you have to go forward again. So um, this is about learning tools to deal with it in a way that improves your quality of life, not like um, you know a, a virus that you can like get over. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is more like a, a chronic illness yeah. that we can manage. Exactly, yeah. It's one of those things where it's ups and downs and ups and downs and mm-hmm. ups and downs. But another thing I do challenge people, you know, if you listen to this podcast, then in like six to eight weeks time, say you've been applying this, like take a look and reflect back on some of your wins. Maybe something, maybe something happened and you would have done, you would have thought X, Y, Z in your head, but you realized you didn't. Maybe Mm -hmm. you realized that you were actually much more kind to yourself. Um, uh, And I, I say this too, you have to be kind to yourself and then you can let your kindness flood the world. It's, it's almost like, we are being way more productive for ourselves and humanity if we're just more kind to ourselves. Totally. Yeah. I think that's a good place to wrap it up. Thanks, Daphne. Anytime. Thanks for listening to Just One More with Joanna and Daphne. Our show is hosted by Daphne Yang and me, Joanna Shawflam. We're produced and edited by me. Our theme music is by Hannah vs. The Many, who you can hear at hannahvsthemany.com. We'll be back next week. You can make sure you don't miss an episode by subscribing to Just One More on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, or whatever you use to listen to podcasts. For show notes, help subscribing, and to become a patron, you can go to our website, justonemorepodcast.com. Let us know what you think. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at justonemorepod, on Facebook at facebook.com slash justonemorepodcast, or you can email us at info at justonemorepodcast.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.